Hello, thank you for tuning in again to Ask a Pastor. We are going to pick up on a topic, a theme that we began last time, having to do with justice, uh, which is, of course, a very hot topic in the news and in conversation and in vlogs and blogs and all kinds of things out there. Uh, and uh, for good reason. You know, the, the issue of justice uh, is something that we should be concerned about. In fact, as Christians, as followers of Jesus, we should be concerned about biblical justice as opposed to just any kind of justice. Justice is kind of a loosey-goosey term. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, pretty loosey-goosey because, yeah, like you said, it's everywhere in vlogs. I didn't know you watched vlogs. That's nice. <laughs> when I have to. <laughs> when you have to. Um, but, yeah, under justice, you know, you have everything from people talking about environmental justice to reproductive justice to every other kind of justice. So under that umbrella, you get things from, you know, plastic straw and plastic bag legislation to human sex trafficking. So it's, it's a pretty broad spectrum. Uh, justice is everywhere. Yeah, slightly too broad. So yeah. what do we do with it? Yeah. What is biblical justice? Well, you know, because we talked about critical theory last time and their view of justice. And the thing that I've noticed, and I'm sure you've noticed this too, is it's really hard to even talk about what is justice because people come to the table when we're debating things about justice of, what, well, what do we even mean when we're talking about justice? So as I was thinking about this, I, I was thinking about uh, really at the root of all understandings of justice are, you know, particular views of human nature and then what human purpose is. Yep. So for instance, if you believe human nature is basically good, you're going to understand justice to be something different than somebody who believes that human nature is basically bad. So I, I thought of one example of this. And you were the philosophy uh, major, so you're familiar with this guy, John Paul Sartre. And is that how you actually say it? Is Sartre or Sartre? I, I would say Sartre. Okay. And it sounds more French, so. But I would roll your R a little bit. Sartre. Wee uh, wee. Oui, oui. All right. But he had this, this statement that man is a useless passion. And he said, essentially, life means nothing and death means nothing. So if that's your view of human nature, take into kind of its logical conclusion about, well, what would be the just thing to do with human beings who don't contribute to the state, right? Or don't contribute to the common good or the welfare of society, the Nazi regime actually kind of picked up on this same philosophy of existentialism, and they had a term for this. It was called Lebensenfurten Lane. And I don't know if I'm saying that right either. I don't yeah, speak. I, I don't know if you're saying that right either. <laughs> but it meant essentially lives unworthy of life. Mm. So, uh, you know, how the Nazi regime carried this out is that those who were mentally ill or mentally impaired or people who had, you know, particular religious beliefs, they called them lives unworthy of life. And then they could justify slaughtering those people because man's a useless passion. So if they don't contribute to the state, they don't have any human purpose. So the just thing to do would be to exterminate them. Um, And then as I was thinking about human purpose too, you know, a lot of people today in our society, what would you say, Dwayne, what would people say is the purpose of human life? Well, a lot of people would talk in terms of just personal fulfillment and happiness. Yep, yep. So. That's, that's what came to my mind immediately, too. Because, like, you see this everywhere is even in a Lexus commercial, it's not that Lexus makes a good car. It's that Lexus will make you a more happy person. Yeah, yeah. So if the human purpose is just made for happiness and personal fulfillment, then the just thing for a society to do would be promote the most happiness for the most number of people. 
And so that gets really problematic really quickly. If what if, for instance, the thing that would make people most happy is if we put a certain race of people into an internment camp because we just don't like them and it would make a majority of people happy. That would be a just thing to do. Which is kind of what we did, a slightly different version for many years in our country with regards to people of color. Yeah, yeah. During World War II with the Japanese to putting them in internment camps. Yep. So, you know, however you define those things, human nature and human purpose is going to shape your view of justice. And so the question is, how does the Bible view human nature and how does the Bible view our human purpose? And this seems kind of obvious, but these are things we just kind of have to remind ourselves. But you obviously are preaching through Genesis. How does God view human nature? Yeah, human beings are made the imago Dei, the, in the image of God. And uh, so when we talk about human beings and, and their nobility, their dignity, their value, uh, skin color has um, no relevance whatsoever in that conversation. Um, nothing uh, it, of an external nature has relevance in that conversation. The, the image of God is stamped upon all human beings and therefore we all have value and importance and dignity. So, yeah. And I, I, I think of that in terms of, you know, we really easily devalue people who have, you know, mental handicaps, for instance, we would think that, well, you know, they're not going to contribute a lot to society. They're going to be a burden on our society. So therefore we can kind of justify saying, Hey, they're, they're just not as dignified or important. So mm-hmm. we can actually justify a lot of bad things if we have that kind of line of thinking. Yeah, and if you deny the creation itself, if you deny the existence of God, uh, then your argument does turn on what's good for the state. Yep. And uh, the state can take any direction it wants to in deciding what will be politically correct or not, right. and uh, who will be valued or not, mm-hmm. and how we'll handle the people we do not value. And you wind up, as the example you used, uh, you wind up looking like Nazi Germany, mm-hmm. deciding it doesn't value a whole ethnic group of people just because. Yeah. And if you really don't have that biblical view of God, you know, you, you obviously can justify a lot of things, but you also run into a problem of even trying to justify why we should have human rights, why we should have a certain level of dignity. Because, you know, taking for instance, if you just believe that we are evolved creatures from pond scum yeah. that went from pond scum to, you know, some form of whatever to human beings, then you have a hard time justifying why it's wrong to kill a human being because you want to and why you, it's okay to stomp on a cockroach. Right. Right. The two seem to be the same. If we're all just evolved from a lower life form, Mm-hmm. whether you're a cockroach or a human being, mm-hmm. then we're just as justified to squish a human being as we are to squish a cockroach. And I, I think we are conflicted and confused around those kinds of concerns. A lot of times in our culture, specifically, we, we hear arguments that are frankly based on the belief that God is the creator and has given all human beings dignity. And yet when you then specifically talk about that issue uh, and that 
piece of what the scriptures teach, people will immediately deny it, Mm -hmm. not understanding that they're pulling the platform out from under themselves to make the arguments that they want to make. Mm -hmm. You know, why is it wrong if a policeman uh, brutalizes an individual and will stick with our current cultural situation of color, right? Mm -hmm. Why is that wrong? Why should that matter? I mean, if it's just easier to get them off the street or be done with them, then so be it. Well, the, the, the reason that's not right is because of what the Bible teaches about the dignity of a specific human being, right. not a group of human beings just in general, but all human beings. So, um, I, you know, the, the church has the foundation upon which to declare one thing just or unjust, but talk a little bit more about that biblical justice itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, Mention one more part, because you actually talked about the fall. Before we get to that, you mentioned the fall in your sermon this Sunday about Adam and Eve into sin. So something about our human nature has changed slightly, right? Because we're also marred (laughs) by this thing called... Depravity. Depravity, Uh, Sin. You know, sin sin has entered into us, and that affects all parts of us. Um, it's, It's our feelings, it's our thoughts, it's our actions, it's every aspect of a human being, as complicated mm-hmm. as we are, is now tainted by sin. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and that, uh, that creates a corruption that uh, even after the flood, God uh, instituted something called government yep. uh, to wield a sword for the purpose of enacting and upholding justice. Right, so. right. I think that's helpful too, to, to remind ourselves like we're made in God's image, but we're also kind of marred by mm-hmm. sin yeah. because then you're not going to have any false notions that we're going to create a utopia on earth or bring the kingdom of God here on earth, uh, you know, in any uh, ultimate sense. Right. Uh, but then also you don't limit human beings and devalue them at the same time. So I think it's helpful to hold those two in tension. Um, and then the human purpose is just to glorify God, that yeah. as we glorify God most, that we're actually increasing human happiness, increasing human joy, but also realizing that we're not the ones who are responsible for instituting human happiness or instituting human joy. Yeah, great point. So, yeah. But yeah, for the practical application part of it of, okay, so then what should a government look like or what should a just society look like? Again, this stuff kind of seems like... Uh, Somewhat obvious, but, you know, the Bible lays it out clearly, and sometimes it's not super obvious because we can get really confused about this. And the first is, well, God gave us his law. Yeah. And the best place to see that is in the Ten Commandments, right? That, and even at a more fine level, you could say the best place we see it is when Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah, and there's a reason why those words, like words like that resonate with us. Yeah. And that's because these things are actually implanted in the human heart and mind in, in our spirit. And there's something in a human being, we can suppress it, we can deny it. But there is a part of us, we believe that actually resonates with the truth, mm-hmm. uh, truth about us, the truth about, you know, people out there. Uh, I, I, when I disrespect, when I persecute, when I'm intolerant towards someone in a way that is abusive, um, I'm, I'm actually going against what I know to be true. I, that's something I know I should not do. Mm-hmm. Um, now, we, we hide that uh, very significantly. Uh, you, again, the, the, an example of Nazi Germany, uh, a whole society actually gathered together and said, we will deny this truth, this teaching, mm-hmm. because we, uh, it's to our advantage to do so. So, Right. Cultures and societies can become very corrupt, but uh, 
the reality is uh, that there's something in us that resonates with with what the scriptures say about human beings and what the scriptures say are true. So yeah, and I think when you think of okay, love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. That's saying we ought to do something, which means to do justice means we actually owe people certain things. Yeah. And so you mentioned this uh, this Sunday about how Abel, when he was killed by Cain, Cain's response was, well, am I my brother's keeper? Yeah. And the answer is, well, yeah, actually, you owe your brother love. You actually owe yeah. him to have his life flourish, not just, you know, treat him as if he's nothing. Right. So. Right, absolutely. And that's why you need the other part of the law, too, in a fallen creation is not just love, but there actually needs to be punishments for when a law is broken. Yeah. And so you see that, which we're going to be preaching on this week, of when uh, after the flood, God essentially says by if somebody commits a murder, then that person's blood must be shed because they've taken the image of God away. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, it, it's It's interesting... In the creation account, God's creating this wonderful place for man and woman to dwell, uh, to be kings and priests in service to him for his honor. Uh, That becomes so marred that God takes the drastic action of a universal flood. And uh, but coming out of the flood, we see some of the same things. It's like God is recreating. Uh, He's undoing what just happened in the flood, but certain things are different, and Mm -hmm. this is one of them, the the whole institution of government. God is recognizing that man is corrupted, man is depraved, things are not going to function the way they would have or could have or should have functioned in Eden, Mm -hmm. and therefore governments are needed, Yep. and uh, and there needs to be a a system of justice. Um, does justice, is it a biblical concept to say that justice needs to be blind? Yes. And what does that mean exactly? Yeah, that's a good point. So the Bible doesn't make distinction. Well, it, it makes distinctions because it knows the human heart, right? So the Bible recognizes that we're going to have certain biases and certain preferences for people that maybe look like us or people who we know will benefit us. So the Bible is really clear that when it comes to doing justice, don't give preferential treatment to the poor, because you think that you're doing them a service and you're trying to actually bring these people who are rich down mm-hmm. or and just the exact reverse, opposite yep. too. Don't give preferential option to a person who's rich yep. just because you know that that's going to line your pockets in the end. Yep. So yeah, the Bible talks about having blind justice insofar as we're able yep. and trying to carry that out the best way we know how. Yeah. So. What else would you say about this subject of biblical justice to wrap up? There's one last thing that I would say. This side of the new heavens and the new earth, our ability to do justice is always going to be marred by sin. That doesn't mean we shouldn't advocate for justice or seek justice, but we should also realize that the only way that true justice is going to come is when the true just judge comes and the true king comes, which is Jesus. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. I think so I, you're, you're saying no political party, no government itself is going to create the utopian society that something in us actually does long for. Yeah. Only and, Jesus is And the good thing that. is that longing is a legitimate longing because yeah. it's longing. We're longing for a home that's not built by human hands, a yeah. kingdom that can't be shaken, and that's the kingdom of God. Yeah. So. Yeah. Amen. Good point. Thanks, Dave. We did it. Gavel. <laughs>